is the Go Blue Crew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Bit of advice if you're doing anything uh, good and productive right now, if you've had a good day or a good week, consider turning this podcast off and perhaps picking it up at another time when you are prepared to consume depressing information because uh, we're switching gears to football. And as we know, that that tends to be a bit more of a downer than basketball. Derek, we were just talking about this, but somebody's got to do it, right? Why not us? Yeah, I mean, we might as well get started. It's, you know, it's April. There's no basketball left. You know, football is a ways off. They just finished things for the spring, had their little, you know, undercover spring game there. Totally undercover. Um, and so, you know, good for them. I, I saw... Uh, one of the new line coaches or something tweet something like silence and violence. So I guess they're going to be moving in silence all, all year <laughs> until until that first game, uh, September 4th or, or whenever it is. I, who knows? You know, last year games didn't start until like March, it felt like. So. I can't help but laugh just because it reminds me of what year was it when they were talking about the submarine? Oh, 2016? Yep. Was it the first like full off season with Harbaugh? Seems like it might have been. You had the revenge tour that was quickly shut down a year. Some of these, uh, yeah, some of these, uh, you know, these undercover, you know, some of these. It's interesting. Football it's is not, interesting. It's not totally bad this episode either, um, because the first thing we're going to talk about, and I think the most important thing is uh, Matt Weiss apparently having no problem saying that Cade McNamara is the number one option right now, a quarterback called him like a clear cut number one option. Uh, this is like way more confidence. Any Michigan coach has given a quarterback in Jim Harbaugh's era. I mean, I think ever, right. I can't th- remember a time we were in April and it was like, yep, this is our number one guy, unless I'm missing something. I'm yeah. Forgetting. I think it's, it's interesting. You know, it's either, he's unaware of what Harbaugh, you know, kind of the, the joke with John Jansen was he got kind of thrown into things 24 hours before spring ball started and now spring ball's over. Um, you know, so he hit the ground running, you know, maybe he hasn't learned enough about the differences between John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh. You know, he spent 12 years under John Harbaugh, uh, most recently as a running backs coach. I just, you know, I, you don't usually make those statements unless you're super confident. You know, it's not like this guy, at least that we know, has a history of like blowing smoke and just like saying things, right? Yeah. You know, it's not like we've said, oh, we've we've heard the quarterbacks coach. This is a brand new young talent, you know, supposed to be good with offense, good with defense, good with analytics, supposed to be, you know, someone who Harbaugh really needs. Um, so for him to, you know, call K to starter, you know, that is, you know, territory we haven't been in, especially in April. Um, he said he's more than enough to win with. And he said, you know, no matter how many people might criticize him or doubt him that, you know, that this is a guy who could play in the NFL 10 years. So, you know, beyond being the starter um, or saying he's the, that they've got the starter um, to say he's going to end up playing 10 years in the NFL, you know, is, even more bold. And so that, that alone, and I would actually listen to that 
pretty much as close to live as you can with podcasts. I saw it published. It's kind of working on some, you know, mindless work and saw it. I was like, oh, hear what he has to say about the quarterbacks. I'm curious. And, you know, right, you know, probably first quarter of that interview, um, all of a sudden he's talking about Cade playing in the NFL for 10 years. And this is a guy who had, you know, a little bit of success, uh, but also there's a lot of unknowns. So very interesting. You know, we maybe say it's a positive now before we talk about the more depressing news, but, you know, we could turn around this statement a year from now and be like, what in the heck was he thinking? <laughs> that was on the, the End of Trenches podcast, too, if you're interested. Cade McNamara, I mean, that, that spring game that nobody was able to watch, uh, he was apparently the MVP, so that's good news, I guess. But the quote is, he's our starter. So you don't even have to, like, read between the lines here or make inferences this is the quarterback's coach saying that he is our starter. So uh, I, you can't make it much more clear than that. And um, I'm not excited or uh, anything like that. I'm just, you know, kind of surprised like we talked about because this is so strange and unusual for a Jim Harbaugh team. One thing that really, really annoys me, and I feel like we've probably talked about this before is when people will, will say like, Oh no, it should be JJ McCarthy. Like how? Why? Why are you saying that? You have no idea. None of us sitting out here have any idea. Uh, you know, normally we don't have much of an idea and that's when uh, we get some like televised stuff. This this off season has been like practically nothing. And so I don't uh I really especially this year don't appreciate that sentiment from some people who feel like they have a really good grip on who the starters should be. So I've got absolutely no problem or anything like that with with saying Cade McNamara is our starter uh you know if you're if you're on that coaching staff but uh it's just very unusual and and I th- I think it's not all that surprising you know considering Michigan's uh quarterback room right now and I know there are some uh some pieces that haven't even arrived yet like Alan Bowman uh you know he'll he'll get there later but just uh you know very very nice uh, turn of events, I would say, in, in the quarterback room for us. You know, sitting out here, we don't have to wait anymore to to try to figure out what's happening. We don't have to pay attention to who's running on the field first, like we have some years. It's just uh, maybe it's nice to know that at this point, like, hey, you know, this is what Michigan's rocking with, and that's whatever. I mean, it's going to probably take away like seven summer episodes of our podcast trying to debate, you know, who the starter is. But, yes. you know, that that happens. And, and like you said, you know, I don't know what anyone else is expecting. Um, you know, we did the same thing with Joe Milton last year, myself included. You know, a lot of hype, not a lot of tape. At least we had seen him on the field at some point. But, you know, this is Kate's job to lose. You know, J.J. McCarthy is highly touted, you know, uh, he was also, you know, spoken very highly of, of today, just kind of saying that, you know, he's a highly talented guy. You know, he's got everything you need from arm strength and mobility. And he kind of capped off, you know, talking about how, you know, his game day preparation and, and kind of where he is in his head is so advanced and beyond his years. And Matt Weiss also said, you know, it's, it's really a question of when, not if, you know, in, in terms of him being a great player. So, you know, I understand people are excited. You know, I'm sometimes in that camp of, hey, if this guy is actually truly going to be great, you know, throw him in there in a season where Michigan's not expected to win the Big Ten and, and have him get his reps. I think he'll get his reps regardless. 
Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, Cade McNamara showed enough last year to, you know, be deemed the starter. And I like that we're not hiding um, in, in terms of saying, oh, we don't know. Like there's a, a competition, you know, all the way up until game one. I, I like the idea that even J.J. McCarthy knows now that is public that, hey, I'm not the starter. And until I prove that I, you know, am ready for that, you know, I'm going to be playing that that second tier role. And so I think I think it works for everybody. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's something positive, I guess as we, you know, prepare to, to dive into the things that maybe aren't going so well. Well, before we do that, the last thing I want to hit on here with the quarterback thing is like the only time I will tolerate somebody saying, oh, so-and-so should be the starter is if their argument is that in J.J. McCarthy's case, you know, just for an example, you say it would be great for this program if you had a freshman, a true freshman quarterback who was good enough to start and, you know, he can give you uh, a few good years at quarterback at, at a position where uh, you've had some trouble with consistent play, that's the only time I would really entertain that, like, legitimately, is if your argument was more big picture. You're saying this would be good for the program, not, oh, you know, I watched J.J. McCarthy's uh, high school tape and I watched uh, Cade McNamara playing a couple games, and here's my opinion based on nothing that I've seen in the spring. Like, that'll really annoy me. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I feel like I'm preaching a little bit here, and, I, and I'll step down off my soapbox. But we all are going to move on to some a little more depressing news, which is probably what we should get used to with the Michigan football program. Uh, the wide receiver room is looking a little different than I think we anticipated. Giles Jackson decided he's going to transfer. He's uh, going to end up at Washington. And then uh, today, this is Thursday, uh, we found out that uh, Xavier Worthy not going to enroll at Michigan. Don't have a real clear answer there, but he was uh, one of those wide receivers in the mold of Josh Gaddis, a really quick, fast guy who, uh, you know, as they say, a possible home run hitter in that offense. So uh, Michigan's going to miss two of those guys, and and I know there's other talent there, but are you worried that you know this is a significant, excuse me, significant ding to to the outside there with those receivers? Yeah, so I'm more worried about uh, losing Xavier Worthy um, because of how highly talented he was, you know, a, a guy that Michigan was going back and forth with Alabama for last second, wherever he lands, I'm sure he's, you know, destined to be good, be a star. You know, you just got to hope that uh, Devonte Smith doesn't slip away from you. A guy who goes on, sticks around and, and wins the Heisman trophy as a wide receiver. Um, and, and that's no ill towards Giles Jackson, you know, his ability in the return game, you know, very impressive. He, he showed that early on and very often. Um, as a receiver, you know, if, if you do pull up his stats, I'm not saying that, you know, getting any time is, is not impressive because, you know, you're playing Division One football on a high-caliber team. If you're on the field, that's impressive. But I don't think his wide receiver production is going to be as missed. Now, with a guy you're hoping to take his place, also, um, you know, deciding to, to get out of the national letter of intent, that hurts. Um, so the two combined, you know, kind of coming as a package, which makes sense. You know, these were um, guys, two guys who were very close. Uh, Giles was huge in recruiting uh, Xavier Worthy to come to Michigan. Uh, when you find out about the Giles Jackson news, you 
almost have to take the approach of, you know, he's seen changes, you know, things have changed and whether it was going to be his wide receiver production and he's looking for more elsewhere or, you know, whether things were so broken with some of those relationships he had that he just decided to go, you know, wish him well. Um, Was hoping to see a a new guy, you know, come in and and make a statement kind of like, you know, players in the past of, of that caliber have. But, you know, it is what it is. And if you look at the receiver room, I think there's still a lot of talent. I think any receiver room that has a Ronnie Bell, um, even from just a leadership standpoint, you know, let alone the production he can bring to the field, um, is in great hands. And, and you've got other guys um, who have apparently turned the corner, like Cornelius Johnson. I've heard some great things about A.J. Henning. Um, both Andrew Anthony and Christian Dixon have gotten some mentions. Roma Wilson really stepped up. And then Mikey Sanders still. Um, a guy who came in with Giles Jackson, who um, people have also said, you know, is really kind of uh, coming into his own as well. So you have talent there. Um, you know, you maybe have less recognizable faces or, or those big names that you had kind of hoped for. But I don't think that the receivers could look worse than last year. So I'm trying to just base it off of what the production was in 2020. And can Michigan turn the corner, you know, one with good quarter, better quarterback play, and then two, just using the, the talent that's in the room, knowing that more talent will come in the next couple of years. Well, and I'm not sure this is a question anybody can definitively answer, but I just wonder like, how much of our perception of what the wide receivers were last year and will be this year is based on really subpar quarterback play for the vast majority of, of last year, even though it was like um, much different than normal, obviously, and, and shortened, but the fact is like those guys they didn't have a great ball uh most of the time even and so i i, I just wonder like are, are we letting that get in the way of of any kind of optimism that might uh truly be warranted here given the the talent you just talked about especially with a guy like ronnie bell i mean anybody any program in the country i think would love to have a guy like ronnie bell and then you throw in the you know, a guy like Roman Wilson, who's a, who's a nice burner. Uh, yeah, Mike Sanders still has, has grown a, quite a bit. And, and Cornelius Johnson, you know, maybe you can turn him into more like a downfield threat in the mold of uh, Nico Collins, sort of. But I, so the, the, that's, that's my question. Is, are, are we letting quarterback play kind of hamper our expectations and perception of these wide receivers? Right. You know, when you look at production, um, from a lot of the offensive of spots, um, you know, that team just wasn't very good. And, and I, I do think that the lack of quarterback play, you know, from game two on out of the, you know, the only six games they played last year, you know, you're, you're not going to have a lot of success, especially at the wide receiver position. If you're not getting help, you know, I even think of a guy like an, an Eric all, you know, Eric all definitely dropped some balls that, you know, should have been sure catches and even a sure touchdown. Um, against Minnesota, he made up for it with a, you know, a quick little reception after that. It went for, you know, 15, 20 yards. Just happened to see that game again um, the other day. Um, but, yeah, you know, if you have a, a, you know, a more competent quarterback who's, you know, ready for the big time and, and, and can perform, whether this is a Cade McNamara or a J.J. McCarthy, you know, really developing to what we hope he develops into, you know, they're going to see a lot more success. I think what I'd like to see, though, is, is exactly what you touched on with a guy like a Cornelius Johnson. You know, can he turn into, you know, that that downfield or that go up and get it receiver? 
Um, you know you have a, guys with a lot of speed. I mean, the two the two freshmen come in with speed. A.J. Henning showed some blazing speed, I think, even in the first game as well. Um, I just think that you have, you know, you've got Reliable and Ronnie Bell. You've got speed and guys like A.J. Henning, uh, even Roman Wilson. Um, and then now can you take some of these, you know, new receivers that are over six feet, six two, six three. Um, I think another one at six two or six three. Can you turn them into more of a go up and get it type um, red zone threat? And so I think that the the components are there. You know, again, you're missing a, a star potential star and Xavier Worthy. That's a little bit easier to swallow. You've never seen him in a uniform, so okay, you know, good luck elsewhere. Uh, Giles Jackson, you know, he he brought a lot to the the backfield even at times, and so you'll miss his speed. But you, know, you got to turn the corner, and I think this group in, in general will turn the corner, uh, especially if that good quarterback play comes. Because last year, you know, they were not getting any help. Yeah, I think the bottom line here is that um, Michigan didn't lose anybody who who did what they do better than anybody else. Does that make sense? Michigan didn't yeah. lose like a number one. Uh, track star or or anything like that so I think that's a positive spin on this and by the way just what were you doing watching Michigan Minnesota the other day I think I was scrolling through YouTube TV and I saw Michigan Minnesota and Big Ten Network and I didn't know if it was you know and baseball or, or something so I just looked and there was big old Joe Milton, you know, leading the the Wolverines down seven nothing, and you know we know the result of that game, and so I kind of just clicked into it thinking, you know, what what can I see um, from that game, the game that things felt like they were going to be okay, um, that could make me excited, and you know what, I feel like you know you have the perspective that Michigan goes on to be terrible in twenty twenty, you know there weren't a lot of great things that happened and there was some poor decision making from a coaching and a player's perspective so you could almost see in that game kind of like oh boy like we know that that play is not going to work in the future we know that you know that's the only run Zach Charbonnet is going to have of that caliber so yeah you know I was hoping you know like we kind of started off this podcast with, <laughs> I was kind of hoping for that like positive like you know what went right what what could have been you know what could the season hold um, you know, and then you're reminded that that defense is going to look way different. Um, you know, a lot of those offensive players are, are not there. You're missing a running back quarterback and receiver from that group that was playing a lot in that game. So yeah, you know, you just got to hope for the best and I'm not super worried about anything on offense. I, I think that the pieces are there. Um, we'll talk defense more, you know, down the road. We have a bunch of depressing conversations to have about, you know, defenses of the past and what the sure. defense will look like in the future. But, yeah. You know, if I if I think uh, I'm confident in one one area, I'd say the offense. You know, you've got a Josh Gaddis, you know, returning again. You know, I think some of his things have worked. Some of his things clearly haven't. Um, hopefully a Matt Weiss in the quarterback's room can, can really help in that area. And, and again, just better quarterback play. You know, I feel like, we beat a dead horse when we say this as everyone else does, but you know, Michigan truly is a, you know, a solid quarterback away from, you know, actually maybe making a difference in the big 10. Yeah. Uh, really quick last minute or whatever. I'm going to ask you an off the wall question. And this is really something, I guess, sort of like a teaser because this could totally be a future episode. Uh, so don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. We don't have to discuss it much or anything. But is Michigan the fourth best team now in the Big Ten East when you consider what Indiana did last year? And I, you know, 
Penn State had a down year, obviously, but they did beat Michigan, and I, I wouldn't say the Nittany Lions are, are out of it. I'd say no. I mean, Indiana can't even hold on to the running backs coach. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, they've, they're in good hands. I think they're, you know, played great football and could play good football again for the next couple of years. But, you know, we know how the Big Ten works. You know, it's I don't think you're ever going to see a Rutgers at the top. And and, and I think similar, you know, I don't think Indiana's going to have a, you know, a five-year run where two out of the five are Big Ten championships. So I'd still say, you know, pretty safely I'd put Michigan in that third spot. Okay. Yeah, that's something we can definitely discuss later on down the road. Um, you know, we're in this weird time now where we get into every year between uh, basketball and football. Um, we'll continue to find things to nitpick on, though, you know, as any good fan does. So I hope you uh, stay along for the journey. And, you know, we'll talk defense. We'll talk Michigan's place in the Big Ten, Michigan's place in the country. Uh, what the heck Jim Harbaugh needs to do to make this contract extension not a disaster, all that good stuff. So stay with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Go Blue.